Hi, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. And we are again delighted to have you joining us, and we can have this time together to share the love of God, the Word of God, and some worship music with you. And I hope it'll be an integral part of your day. Today's um, broadcast is sponsored by one of our great sponsors, uh, Custom Construction. That's with Will Shockey. And Will is a committed Christian, and he also does a lot of mission work over in Africa. So as you support him, you're also supporting missions, and he cares about getting the Word of God out. You can call Will at 443 791-4420. That's 443-791-4420. And let him know that you heard about him on Faith Life. Well, again, we're going to be in the Word of God in Revelation chapter 1. We're wrapping up chapter 1 today. And our next broadcast, we're going to give you just a complete Uh, reading and understanding of the entire first chapter. So that will be a lot of um, information to absorb into your spirit, but we've been learning it over the weeks, and I'm just blessed that you have joined me in your pursuit of God. We looked at Jesus in all of his glory in the latter part of chapter 1. Not just seeing him in his humanity, but seeing him in his deity when we see him as the great high priest. Not baby Jesus and not Jesus that just walked on this earth who laid aside. He never laid aside his deity. He laid aside his powers that he could have used as the God-man. And so here we are now in chapter 1 where we see Jesus as our great high priest, wearing the garment not only of a priest, but of a judge. So Jesus, the glorified Jesus. And we're going to look at that again in chapter 1. We'll start at about verse 17 in just a few moments. But here's a song to prepare your hearts for the word of God. It's called, Show Me Your Face, Lord. Messiah was born 
beautiful song, Show Me Your Face, Lord. In the midst of these very trying times, it's important that we keep our focus on the Lord. Those of you that know God's Word or have been studying God's Word know that truly we are in the last days. When you see all that's going on, particularly even right now in Israel, and you see that war going on, we are as believers to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I believe that Israel will not be obliterated by hostile forces because the Bible teaches us during the tribulation after the church is raptured that God is going to do an incredibly wonderful thing in the land of Israel, and many, many will come to Christ. And so I know you as a believer should be praying for Israel, praying for all those that have lost loved ones over in this terrible fight, those that have been kidnapped. We just pray during these times that people will find their peace by receiving Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. I do not know hardly a soul that is not going through something difficult now. Maybe in your job, maybe in your home, your family, your life, your marriage, your finances, or whatever's going on, I would just encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. He is the one that fills and satisfies. There's not a thing in this world that can satisfy us like Jesus. So in chapter one, we find John on the Isle of Patmos, and he has an encounter with the glorified Jesus. Jesus, who has died, been buried, and rose again, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. There were several different occasions when um, men were able to see Jesus in all of his glory. I think of Stephen when he was being stoned that our Lord uh, stood up and he was able to see and be encouraged by the Lord. 
In chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, And when I saw him, when he saw this glorified Jesus, it says, I fell at his feet as dead. In the Old Testament, when Daniel had experienced the glory of God being manifested in his life, it just overwhelmed all of his natural senses. People sometimes say, you know, I had this vision of Jesus and I saw this and I saw that. Well, if you really saw the glorified Jesus, it would have this kind of effect. It says, and he laid his right hand on me. The right hand is the hand of authority. And we also saw this in the book of Daniel where um, Daniel's prostrate before the Lord and then the Lord touches him and he's able to come to his knees. I see here where God wants to strengthen you. The things that we are facing now or maybe about to face will be too much for the human body and mind and soul. But I believe that we can look to the Lord and find divine strength, divine help. He is the one with all authority. And he says to him this one little statement that Jesus would say to his disciples when they were out on the um, sea and the wind and the waves were, were all boisterous. But he said, fear not. I love this little phrase I heard years ago, fear and faith cannot dwell in the same place. And so maybe you have been a man or woman of faith, but you've allowed the circumstances of life to get your eyes off of Jesus and onto the difficulties that you're facing. I ask you and I plead with you today, would you redirect your vision back on the Lord and don't let fear overwhelm you. Be a man or woman that's the Bible says, we walk by faith, not by sight. You say, well, I don't feel this or I feel that or what. It never tells us to go by our feelings. It tells us to go and walk by faith. Fear not, I'm the first and the last. Our Lord is the eternal one from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. And the beautiful thing about Jesus and following him is he was the one that conquered death for us. He is our risen Lord. And because we follow our risen Lord, we will rise from the dead as well, or we will be raptured to be with Jesus. First Thessalonians 4 tells us that. John chapter 14 tells us that. But he says, I am he that liveth, present tense. I'm living continually. Jesus did not just die on the cross and that was the end for him. He was buried and he rose from the dead and now he is living for us. Hebrews says he's a great high priest who ever lives to make intercession for us. I am he that liveth and was dead. I actually became dead. And then it says this, Behold, I am alive forevermore. You see, there's more to this life than just this life. 
And when we go to be with the Lord, there will be eternal life forever and ever and ever. No more pain, no more tears, no more heartache, no more suffering, no more war, no more famine, no more all of the things that are so difficult in this life will be no more. And so he also said, the Lord says, and I have the keys. The one with the keys is the one that has full authority. And he says, and I have the keys of hell and of death. Two of the greatest fears of many people's lives is the fear of death. I do not fear death because I believe so strongly in Jesus. Do I want to go through the dying process? That's not so much fun. It's not fun at all. And those of you that are going through it or have a loved one that experienced, know it's a very, very painful thing. But the Lord says, I've got authority over death. And he says, and I have authority over hell. The word is Hades. Hades, the word is translated hell in our English language, but it's the intermediary place. You see, there is a place after that. If you die without Jesus, yes, sad to say, if you reject Christ and all of his mercy and all of his love, there will be eternal damnation for you. Now, you don't hear that very much by today's modern preachers and teachers, but Jesus, as it has been noted, spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. And I believe, as many say, he didn't want anybody to go there. So he has the keys of hell, Hades, and of death. If a person dies without Christ, their soul and spirit will go to Hades and will await the great white throne judgment of Revelation chapter 20, and the final place will be the lake of fire. God does not want you to go there. That's why he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay for your sins and my sins. And so that's verses 17 and 18. Now, as we go to verse 19, we're going to see the Holy Spirit gives us an outline for the book of the Revelation. And listen to what he says. So John has been in this spirit-like trance where he received this revelation Chapter 1 and verse 10 tells us about that, but it seems that in verse 19, he comes back to his normal state, and the Lord says, Write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Here is a supernatural outline of the book of the Revelation. Write the things which thou hast seen. That would be chapter 1, the glorified Jesus. Then he says, write the things which are, that's chapters two and three, all about the church, beginning with Ephesus and ending with Laodicea, that lukewarm church. And then he says, and the things which shall be hereafter. 
If you read Revelation in the fourth chapter, in the first verse, it talks about coming up hither and I'll show these things which must be hereafter. So actually, chapters one to three is an introduction and chapter four to the end is prophetic, which means it will be in the future. There are many today that even teach that we're now living in the millennium and that we're just waiting for the second coming in glory. No, that's not so. We're waiting for the rapture of the church, First Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. Now let's close with this last verse. The mystery, verse 20, of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels. The word is agelos, messengers. We believe these are the pastors of the churches. And they are held with authority by Christ's right hand. They're the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the churches. In the time around, I believe it was around 83 or 84 A.D., there was a coin printed in honor of Domitian, and the coin was uh, minted with a an image of his dead son sitting on a globe playing with the stars. And so I believe that John, under the inspiration of the Spirit, is saying, no, this emperor is not the Lord. Jesus is Lord. And as we close today... I want to give you the opportunity to confess with your mouth, to agree with God that Jesus is Lord, confess and agree that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. That's not words of condemnation. Those are words of comfort. And if you'll say, Lord, pray this with me. I realize that I am a sinner and I need you to be my Savior. I repent of my sin today. And the fact that I am a sinner and I receive you, Jesus, as the sacrifice for my sin, I believe you died, were buried, and rose again, and that you live for me and that you love me. God bless you for listening today. If you'd like to contact us uh, for prayer requests or whatever, here is my email, charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S, M-A-N, charisman1234 at gmail.com. And this is Pastor Earl for Pastor Earl and Friends of Faith Life.